This is After Shift. I'm Brooks, your host, and thank you for joining us for episode two. I think you're going to enjoy this one, but first, a couple things. After last week's episode, my wife came to me and was a little disappointed that I didn't thank the dogs. I thanked my kids for different things that they did for uh, getting this podcast up and going, but I didn't thank the dogs. So to Maisie and Gary, I apologize for that. You're the best. Also wanted to thank Derek Stevens and Mike McCoy for this episode. Um, we talk about Derek in this a little bit, but you may not know who Derek is. Derek Stevens and Mike have started up Moonlit Burgers, and they were very kind to provide Chad a wonderful bottle of rye that Chad and I enjoyed at the beginning of the episode. So thank you to you, you gentlemen. So without further ado, let's talk about this episode coming up. So we have Chad Townsend, who is the self-proclaimed ice cream king of Pittsburgh. Chad um, and his wife, Lauren, have started Millie's Ice Cream, which is spectacular ice cream. So today we're going to walk through a little bit about his history, how he learned kitchen French out in uh, France as he was coming up in the business, how he was fired from his first job, and then we geeks out for a little while on the dairy business and making ice cream. And before we crashed in the weeds, we were able to pull it out with a couple stories about broccoli and his kids. So... Pour yourself your favorite drink, put on your headphones, and enjoy After Shift. How's it going, Chad? It is going great. How about you, Brooks? Can't complain. Pretty good right now. What uh, What are we drinking? We are starting out with a, a bottle of uh, Willet Straight Rye Whiskey, uh, the family selection, family estate selection. Uh, and then we'll probably transition into some icy lights. <laughs> the old standby. Icy lights, the drink of choice. Yes, yes. And thanks to uh, Derek and uh, Mike McCoy for this delicious bottle of straight rye whiskey. Are you going to share any with them? Or probably not? Uh, if they get here soon. <laughs> <laughs> if they hurry. <laughs> uh, Derek's good for yeah. making fun of, for sure. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. All right, so where are we right now? We are in our um, dairy plant, uh, ice cream works, as we like to call it. A little nod back to um, steel days. Uh, so this is in lovely Homestead, Pennsylvania. And this is where we produce all of our ice cream. Nice. How long have you been here? We've been here a uh, little over a year, year and a half, uh, plus minus. Gotcha. Now, you grew up in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> I did. I grew up uh, right outside of Murraysville, a small town called Export. Not a lot of people have heard of it, but... Uh, we, uh, I've drive, I, driven through there sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, on the way to Penn State. That's how most people use it as a <laughs> as a reference point. But uh, yeah, I tell people Murraysville, but it was it was effectively uh, export. So um, Western Pennsylvania, my whole life, moved away a little while, um, did some things in, in some other areas, but ultimately Pittsburgh's home. Nice. So I'm really glad to end up back here. So what? Um, where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to. Uh, I went to Pennsylvania Institute of Culinary Arts. Pika, so when it was Pica, still here. When it was still here, uh, before they uh, consolidated with uh, Le Cordon Bleu. And then uh, closed. And then closed subsequently, um, which was a wild, uh, created a wild dearth in, in talent that we kind of didn't expect. We were like, nah, who cares? But it, it really, like, it, it took a lot of people away from, from cooking. I think it brought people from, Maybe not New York City or something like that, but you know, maybe Johnstown, where uh, they otherwise wouldn't have ended up here. So it was, it was problematic. Yeah, there were definitely people came in from out of town for it. Yeah, it, uh, there's no doubt it left a whole 
um, like you said, a dearth of just there's there's not a whole lot of people that have that education to be able to step in and kind of without really working their way up, which is a great thing about the restaurant business, yeah. but you can work your way up. But the same, and it's nice having some seasoned people that have some education and, and skill set that they can help out with things. Certainly. And it was, you know, it was a reason for people to come here. Um, and so they just, I think they picked elsewhere. Um, so it was, you know, it was a shame. We talked about it uh, early on in my culinary career as being like, man, who cares? Yeah. But it was, it was, you know, it was a meaningful change. So why did you sure. decide to go to Pika? Um, you know, it was really st- <laughs> kind of stupid. I mean, I like Pika. It was great. Um, I had a, I had a lot of fun there. I, I learned all the things that I needed to learn, all the foundations and fundamentals, right? I mean, we were talking about cooking. A brunoise is a brunoise. Doesn't matter who teaches it to you. But uh, so I got accepted to CIA. I got accepted to uh, you know a couple other ones, and decide I was living with a friend. I had moved out of my parents' house right after high school, and I'm like, man, this is so cool. I'm just gonna live with this dude and go to culinary school because he was you know like 24, so he'd just buy me beers. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that's that's why I settled on it ultimately. Um, looking back on it, I wouldn't say it's a regret, but. I wonder, you know, what what would have gone differently had I gone to CIA. But I'm pretty happy with the with where I sit right now. Yeah, so that's good. Now, why uh, culinary? Do you have a job beforehand in high school or something that you just liked uh, cooking? I did. I've kind of uh, historically always worked in you know food service industry, whether it be dishwashing or you know prep or whatever. Um, so I started at a little bakery um, uh, that's out at a fa- at a farm grandma's country oven <clears throat> somebody's out there listening to that thank you for it that sounds job. good grandma's country oven you know it's it's a funny Damn. story because i i got a job there when i was 14 i worked there for the better part of a summer uh there were some you know 14 15 16 year old girls there so i didn't i was just the dishwasher i didn't pay as much attention to my tasks as i probably should have you were there for the girls uh yeah <laughs> seemingly at the time <laughs> and uh so i got fired um you know, towards the end of the season. Why? Because you just weren't doing uh, be, anything? I just wasn't doing a good job. I was just kind of half-assing it. Um, Disapp- but I'm disappointed in you, I know. Chad. I know. Only job I've ever, ever It completely been changes my whole thought process of you. <laughs> Only job I've ever been fired I'm sure from. Derek's very disappointed in uh, this totally, too. 100%. Yeah. And uh, so, but the thing is, I was young, so I didn't have a driver's license. So the woman who owned the bakery had to drive me home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as we were pulling up to my house, I said to her, eh, it's no big deal that she fired me. I was actually going to quit tomorrow. I have another job. She was like, okay, get the fuck out of the car. You're 14 and you suck at washing dishes. I'm sure you were, I'm sure you were so highly motivated to, get a, to, to jump careers. Uh, so, yeah, that was, I, I think about that to this day. To, you know, we unfortunately have, have let a few people go, and I haven't had any, anything like that that would really – that would make me laugh. You didn't have to drive anyone home. No, no, I have not I had to drive anybody home <laughs> after I fired them. <laughs> All right, so you get fired, um, and then you say, damn, I love the restaurant business, so I'm yep. in. Yep, so I went and worked at a small family restaurant in Delmont. Um, worked there for... Now, what was that called? The Lamplighter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never been so, there. I try buy it all the time. So it has a lot of neon up front. Yeah, it's just you know classic Americana diner fare. Two yeah. two areas, kind of the the like pie shop diner. Come in, get an omelet all day, and then like they're more kind of higher end ham steaks and things like that. Yeah, um, Salisbury steak. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. some uh, you know spaghetti and meatballs, that whole thing. And so worked there for. 
I would say a year or, or slightly more till I till I went into culinary school. Then I got a job uh, working at a at a restaurant at a hotel restaurant. Um, so I worked there throughout culinary school and through my you know quote unquote externship and now then, cooking on the line like a chef. Yes. Or yeah. Uh, as, Did you consider yourself a chef at that time? No, no, because, you know, I came out of culinary school. I had all this, you know, fancy training. I was like, I realize I'm not a chef. I have something to work to. I have to answer to this brigade system. And oh, so it was an old school kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So uh, so started out, you know, as, as, a, as a just pretty classic line cook, uh, helping out occasionally with banquets. Um, and then I... Uh, I had dinner with my girlfriend at this new restaurant called Eleven. Um, so I said, wow, I really like this place. Was this Lauren or this was a different this girlfriend? This was my, my serious girlfriend prior to Lauren. Oh, uh, yeah. sorry I brought that up. Yeah, no, that's a... I can delete that out if you want. No, it's fine. You can leave it in there. <laughs> I'm sure she's listening. She, she, I'm sure she follows my every move these days. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so we went... Uh, we went there, and I said, "This place is great. This is more in line with the, you know, the cookbooks of the time that I'm reading, right? The French Laundry Cookbook, the In at Little Washington, all those kind of classic tomes of American uh, fine dining." So I applied. I got a job, and I started working. Um, so who was the chef then? The chef was Greg Allison. Yeah, you've been uh, to his place the, the out in Carnegie. Love it. Ooh, yeah, it's good. Fantastic. Yeah. and it, he's gro- I mean, he's growing it, you know, sizably. I've I mean, not been there since. He, I think the bar is open. I, I believe it is. I haven't been there yeah. since the bar was open. I saw him uh, at uh, at a different bar, uh, but but uh, yeah, I mean, he seems to be going good. I think he's opening a pizza shop too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's 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 a great taking guy. over Carnegie. He is uh, the king of Carnegie. Yeah. Um, so he's uh, yeah, and he he was great to learn for. He had a lot of you know varied experience that you know I hadn't seen. Right. I mean, I was Pittsburgh all the time. That's all I all I'd been to, and he'd come. From New York, he is originally from Pittsburgh, so um, we saw some different things. I started working with Derek Stevens, a close friend of mine and yours. Um, learned just an, an unbelievable amount from him. The provider of the Willet. The provider of the Willet. Um, and then Greg left uh, to go do his own thing, and uh, Derek took over as chef, so I continued to work for Derek. Um, and then I left 11, and I went... And Worked in France. Um, I wrote letters to some guy. I was getting serious with my current wife, uh, Lauren, at the time, not the one we went to 11 with. Um, and I knew that we were going to eventually get married. And I wanted to go to France, and she had a very serious uh, career trajectory. So uh, I knew it wasn't possible for her to go. And I said, I, I better do this before we get married. Otherwise, it'll be, you know, strange. So <laughs> wrote letters to you know, 10, 12, 14 chefs that I uh, really liked uh, and got some responses. And they said, come on, come on over. We're not going to pay you, but we'll put you up and we'll feed you. Did um, you speak French? I did not. Uh, I was arrogant enough to think that I... Uh, <laughs> Just walk right That in. I knew enough kitchen French. Like I knew how to say <laughs> spinach in French. So I'm like, ah, oh, that's totally fine. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that was quite a lesson. In a, in immersion of languages. How long you were there? Um, I was there uh, almost a year. Nice. Um, so, and they offered me a, a, another contract. So they actually. Where was this? Uh, in France? This was in uh, Annecy. Where's that? Um, so it's Haute uh, Savoie. So it's kind of on the on the border of um, 
um, the Italian Alps and, okay. and France, and it's, there's it's kind of a weird area over there, but it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's the kind of the French Alps, um, very very exclusive uh, vacation resort nice. town. So what did, what did you learn there? Like what did you bring back with you that you that you would would have uh, never learned here? You know, no, I don't think there was anything like that per se. I think it was just a different. It was a different experience for me. It was a it was a different kind of discipline. It was um, that the the owner of the place who was not the chef uh, at the time. Um, he was very early on in kind of this whole foraging wild foods uh, type thing. So I mean, every morning we would go out uh, at like you know five thirty six a.m. depending on what time the sun was coming up. Uh, pick either like. Ida source, which is like their wild garlic. It's kind of like ramps, but it, it looks much nicer. Mm -hmm. um, different mushrooms, nuts, herbs, things like that. Um, we'd come back and we'd get, get things ready, have lunch, go into lunch service. And then this is a wild thing, but this is very traditional in Europe for restaurants that serve lunch. Uh, after lunch service, we would go home and take a nap. Um, and then we would come back to the restaurant. Wait, you'd go dinner. home and take a nap? Yeah. Yeah, so like you know, deep sleep naps. I'm not a napper. I, I would, I'd be out. A lot of times I didn't because I was so scared that I wouldn't wake up. Um, <laughs> and so, so a lot of times I would just sit in my room, like riddled with anxiety. Uh, and uh, yeah, but but so like right, you have like uh, you know chef garmanger, and then you have all these different you know kind of accelerating positions, right? And so chef garmanger, his stuff is the first out right typically so he as soon as he's done he wipes the station down he goes home for, mm -hmm. for a nap uh but then he comes back first and then the you know the kind of the meat guy is the last guy in the in the savory kitchen so he's the last guy to leave but then he's the last guy to come in because he has more time you know to get ready and then the pastry chef you know same thing uh but i just you know it, was, it, it wasn't you still not today uh, I, I mean, not today no, specifically. But. No, no, I, you know, sometimes I will, but I, I try not to. It gets me all out of whack. I can't like, you know, I can't just do. I'm well, sure we had a bed in the corner over here. You got a couch over here. Couch Maybe you just got to take a little nap. Every the, now and again. the Davenport is very comfortable. I mean, Lauren's here. She can run things. Uh, she does. Yeah. She does run things. Um, so yeah, it was, it, you know, it was, it was just, there was a lot of discipline, a lot of commitment. These guys were very focused on what they were doing. And it was the experience for me, not that Eleven wasn't serious, because, it, you know, it was a serious atmosphere. I mean, I believe it still is. I haven't worked there in a long time. But um, these guys were, like, military-focused. I mean, they were serious. So um, tell me about a time where you totally fucked something up. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a, a thing... Um, uh, that's a that's a shape of ice cream, right? It's called a canel, and so you can make them with two spoons, uh, with like savory things, or you can make them with one spoon, like with a dessert. It's pretty classic, like high end thing. So they they had this really interesting dish there. I was never uh, a huge fan of it, but it was one of my responsibilities. So it's it's pied vu, which is you know braised veal foot, um, and we like braised, braised veal foot. Yeah, so we would like braise these veal these veal feet so it's like basically bottom shanks of the front feet mm -hmm. and you know then we would dice it up really fine it's like a lot of cartilage um, but but it breaks down so it has that like makes your lips sticky texture to mm -hmm. it but we would dice it up 
And then, you know, when it was cold and then we would like sweat down shallots and cream and white wine and then fold it in and, you know, tarragon and X, Y, Z. And then we would shuck a raw oyster, put an oyster on top of it. And then an oyster leaf, which is like a plant that they say tastes like, I don't think it tastes like oysters, but whatever. And then a little scoop of uh, uh, beet sorbet, sorbet okay. baklav. Uh, so yeah, you've got the, you've got the accent though. I mean, you're yeah. not bad. I mean, they're the uh, baklav. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, it's very important because this peat vu is hot. Uh, this oyster is obviously raw. The oyster leaf is, is, you know, you don't want it to get all wilty and gross and eat a, like a, you know, a tepid, half-cooked oyster, and then the sorbet is melted, right? So, but if that if that canal is not right, uh, and he would just whisper in my ear if it was wrong, as he would push it off to the side in the garbage, <laughs> meld, and I and I can I can remember that, and as I don't have any like things that I specifically like fucked up, but I have, uh, I just have these like almost nightmares, you know, all, every, every line cook has like, Oh, I could still, you know, I still hear the ticket machine at night or whatever. And I just hear him. We, we also had this little like truffled spaghetti thing. And he just had this like dripping French accent. And I just remember him in my ear just going, truff. <laughs> every fucking day. Truff. Um, so, so what did that what dill what two two okay two truffle yeah. um so yeah so that, that was it was an interesting experience but it was fantastic i would have stayed uh you know honestly like if if we talk about regrets you know i said i reference the cia not being a regret um yeah we're, we're i mean we're only like 15 minutes in here we've got two regrets so far yeah i know yeah so know. not going to the cia not going to which the, is probably well, good it's move. not really that's a not a regret. that's not really yeah. a regret okay. it's just like i wonder what would happen the, yeah. the, france might might be a regret because it was offered to stay it was an incredible experience i said to lauren like do you want to you know do you want to move over here there's not like a whole lot of what she was doing over there uh, at the time in the in the area we were and so she uh, she said no i don't want to but you can stay if you really love it and I said, no, you know, because uh, I wanted to I pursue a long-term relationship with her, so I came back, and we still occasionally will be drinking some wine. Saying, <laughs> you bring that she up, said, right? Yeah, she said, well, I, I ended up quitting, like, three years later. <laughs> like, I'd be, she could be on the lake. You know, it was this amazing lake, right? Locked on sea, so it's incredibly cold, but it's one of the clearest. Mountain-fed, so it's, yeah, it's all it's uh, one of the snow runoff. clearest, cleanest lakes in all of Europe. Like, I would send pictures to her where I could walk up to my neck and with my phone take a picture and you could see my toes. I mean, wow. it's a lake. You had a bathing suit on, didn't you? Uh, no. Oh. No. Yeah. That's no, French. I mean, yeah. That's French. Well, and you're, you know, you're topless. Trying top, to court, you're trying topless to keep her. beaches, bottomless. You're yeah. trying to keep her engaged. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're far away. I yeah. get it. No, that's all right. All right. So, you, so you're in France. You leave. Cry when you leave. Yep. Uh, devastated. Come back. Come back and get married to Lauren. Yes. All right, so then when, so when you came back, where'd you go? I went and worked at Salt of the Earth. Salt of the Earth, that's right. Okay. So you are there for a while. So I'm there, yeah. Yep. I think I was there three or four years. Okay. I can't remember. Great place. Exactly. Plus minus. Loved it. Yep. Um, worked with Kevin Sousa. Uh, learned a lot from him. We had a good relationship. Um, you know, we're still, still friends to this day. Um, and once he had left... Um, I had taken over fully, and, uh, you know, the partners of the place are, are lovely people, but we just didn't, we didn't have the same vision. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave and do my own thing. It's now time, at the, right? At this point, I'm probably, I don't know, 
maybe I'm 30 years old, uh, plus minus. And uh, so I said, you know, it's now it's time for me to do my own thing. And I said to them, like, I can't, I can't work here and give you 100% and try to find my own thing, or vice versa. At that point, Lauren still had a, you know, a very solid job. So she, you know, she could support uh, all of the bills. So I, I left and um, we were going to just start looking for a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and we went out one day to... Now, a, if there was a... Not to interrupt. So if there was... A, I'll give you a little time to sip your drink, too. Yeah. So if there was a... a, a um, what did you want to do? Like, it, you had a vision of a restaurant. Yeah. What was no, it? I still do. Once, uh, once I'm not at Millie's and I don't need to operate a restaurant for money. So... Uh, in, I France, in France or here in Pittsburgh? Well, you know, I guess it depends on, <laughs> on if I end up with any money someday in my life. Um, but I have this, like, this, this vision of, of what a large French brasserie looks like, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of seats, very loud, you know, fairly surly service staff. So nothing like that here in Pittsburgh, but Park in Philly or a bunch of places in, in New York, that style of... Le Diplomat in D.C., uh, yeah, 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 yeah. even uh, Baltazar yeah, in, sure. New York. in New York. Yeah, just like fun. Like you could go there at 7 in the morning and get an omelet or 2 a.m. and get an omelet, yeah. right? Steak frites, mule frites, like just really well done, very simple. Like this kind of is what it is. Table wine. Yep. People want to just go there, carry on, have drinks, uh, just have fun and shoot the shit. Because um, I just I I love that style of dining. Yeah, you know I think uh, Rick does a really nice job with Poulet Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's I think it would be fun to have a place that you could go to multiple times a week. Yeah, right, and just get get a carafe of wine and you know something, and and be on your way. Yeah. Um, so you know that was ultimately what we wanted to do. Uh, so we had looked for looked for spaces, wanted to do something in along those lines, and. Uh, and all the while, you love eating, eating ice cream. Sure, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and who I, doesn't? And I right. And I admit, not that you look like that. I'm just. I don't. I don't mean to say that you eat ice cream all the time. I look like I eat ice cream all the time. So <laughs> listen, I'm. I'm uh, I could probably stand to dump 35 pounds and uh, and still be in a in a higher weight class than I should be. So uh, so I do eat plenty of ice cream. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so we went to a couple places and and it was now. Were you, at this point, sorry to interrupt. Were you making Ice no. cream at home at this point? You weren't. No. This was this was prior to it, and so and Lauren had quit her job. What was or had not? Quit no, her she job. was there. I okay. quit my job. Gotcha. I was working as an electrician with a friend uh, for the. For Were you the like qualified to be an electrician? Uh, yeah, like I changed plugs and put in light fixtures and stuff. You know, I wasn't doing anything. Did you keep track come. of where you were doing this? Because I'm, you know, and you're a wonderful man. I'm not sure I'd want you. Screwing around with electricity Listen, in my I house. I am actually an excellent electrician. Are you? I am. Yeah, right. I believe that. I'm quite quite adept at the, uh, you know, polarities and whatnot. You know, to turn the power off, the junction box, that kind of stuff. No, I just wired hot. You just, just wired hot. Yeah, living on the edge. <laughs> After a couple icy lights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh well, that's why you got a tool belt, right? Fill it up with beers. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Lauren said to me, like, you know. I said, we're at, at these places that are, that are ice cream shops and they say they're making their ice cream or whatever and they're either just buying, you know, commodity buckets of ice cream or they're buying mix and just churning it. Uh, so I, I said, you know, I can do this. I know how to make ice cream. So I convinced her to buy a Paco Jet. Uh, okay. For those of you who are food people listening, it's a not inexpensive device, especially to have at your house. 
Uh, now, does it, it just plugs into a regular outlet, right? Yep. I mean, it's you just don't a need standard a, like 110 yeah. countertop thing, but it. Uh, if you go to pacojet.com and put in Chad, you get a thousand dollars off. Yeah. yeah. Chad, swipe up for Chad twenty. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, so she said, "Well, fine," but she said, "You don't have a job," and you know, being a, a, a chef of of fairly ill repute. I didn't have much credit <laughs> credit either at a $500 limit on my credit card. And that's, you know, like but a you six spoke a little bit of French six or $7,000. Yeah. We umpty poo. Uh, so, uh, so she said, all right, fine, I'll buy it, but you got to pay it off this summer. So my uh, lovely friends at Bar Marco had a place in East Liberty called Livermore. Um, so we I made it about that place. That yeah. was good. That yeah. was fun. It was yeah. always a lot of fun. Justin's uh, a nice guy. I just met him not long ago. Oh, at, the, at the Jamison thing. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they said, hey, we, you know, we have this one little space Friday nights. You could just do it. So I was like making ice cream in a pot at home and churning it in this thing. Uh, and we got very busy. It was, uh, it was good. People were coming for it. And then we started getting some people asking about, um, you know, selling it in grocery stores and mm-hmm. restaurants. And I said, well, I really can't do that because this is a highly illegal operation. <laughs> I mean, I was taking I was taking the food safety aspect of it very serious, but it was you know yeah the Department of Agriculture doesn't care about that when you're doing it on no, your stove or no, the health all. department yeah, yeah. No, no they don't they don't like that yeah so um, so we we started doing this CSA where we were you know getting people to sign up for pints you know because the idea was it was going to be this like romantic Saturday milkman milkwoman thing me and Lauren were going to get in the car load up 10, 12, 15 pints on dry ice drive around drop them off at people's door. It was just going to be nice. We were going to conversate and then go have lunch and drinks. This is obviously before kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so we put the sign up out there and we got like 100 or like maybe 75 subscriptions. And we're like, nice. oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so more than now we got to divide and conquer. Now work. Yeah, now we got to separate. I'm up like overnight. She's still cream. working. She's still working a full-time job. Uh, and I'm still like mostly an electrician. So you haven't uh, shocked anybody yet. No, no, I've... I've uh, I've got a 100% non-shocking record. So, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're so punny. Yeah. Uh, try. Yeah. And I'm retired from the electri- electrician's game. Yeah. Now I just do it, do it for pleasure. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. So the CSA like went crazy and then we were able to get it done and then we did it again and the next sign up was like double. So it started to get chaotic and we thought, um, you know, maybe we have something here. Uh, so we built a little uh, small um, commercial space for the pasteurizer, and uh, and we were off to the races. Nice. We built Shady Side, and just there been you trying were. to grow since. All right, Chad. So we switched over to Icy Light. Yep. Um, the old standby. Beautiful product. We can't really sit around drinking Willow all day. We could. I mean, we could, but this podcast would decline in quality <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yes. And you wouldn't have any left for Derek. I so. like, uh, yeah. I like to. I like to run two classes. I like a quality class to start, yep. and then I transition into a quantity class. It was slightly shocking though, switching from the Willet yeah. to the Icy Light. Yeah, um, yeah. The Willet is is nectar. Yeah. Um, to then, not that the Icy Light isn't. If you're I, looking I, for you sponsors, know, I, <laughs> I'm not necessarily. Looking for, I actually have a sponsor. Do you? Well, he doesn't know it. Okay. Um, so I'll give the little. It, it's G Six Builders. Okay. And uh, you go to g6builders.net. That's G as in G. Okay. Six as in number six. Great. Builders.net. Okay. Ed Gibbons. What's, he, what's he build? 
So he builds, uh, does some homes. He does a lot of small commercial. Okay. I mean, great guy. Yeah. Oh, great. We got some stuff at our house. But here's the thing. He doesn't like Icy Light. He likes Miller Light. You know, Miller Light's my second go-to. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Honestly, Bud Light is last. Coors Light's nowhere. The Coors Light would be third. Coors Light would be third. Yeah. Before Bud Light. Yes. Bud Light's too sweet. I, 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 I do Icy Light and, um, and uh, Miller Light. Other than that, none of them excite me. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of times I find myself in a situation, though, at a, at a picnic. Well, you know, and then <laughs> yes, I, there are, but there if are emergency but if I, circumstances. If I'm, in a pic, if I'm at a picnic and there's a cooler full of Coors Light and a cooler full of Bud Light, I'm going Coors Light. Oh, really? Every time. I don't think there's any flavor in Coors Light. That's just my own opinion. There's, there's none, but I think that that's what I like about it. Yeah. Because the sweetness isn't there. You can slug them down. Yeah, well, you can crush them. All right. All right, so I plugged my sponsor, who he doesn't even know he's a sponsor. He probably won't even listen, so Thanks, it's Mike. Thanks, Ed. Build yep. me a pool. Yep, yep. Oh, a pool. Are you going to yeah. build a pool? Yeah, I'm going to do a pool. So you have, so let's go back now. So you get married to Lauren. Yes. Who, I mean, I don't want to sound like a dick, but she's the better half of this uh, situation, right? 1,000%. Yeah. Yep. So you have two kids. Have two kids. So kids come in the middle of... Building Shady Side, kid number one comes. Yeah. Well, in the middle of opening Shady Side. So we opened Shady Side mid March. Um, son was born in July. That was your first July. scoop shop. Yes. That's what they're called, scoop shops, right? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so I like, yeah. to, I like to stay in the ice cream lingo. Yeah, absolutely. Stay yep. up to date. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. We'll, we can keep you there. We'll keep you in mm-hmm. the, with, a, with a glossary of terms. Yeah. So at this point, though, Lauren still has a job. Yes, she still has a job, but she's transitioned. And you have to do everything. Of, she's transitioned out of like a full time office job to uh, to a consulting okay. job. So she's able to work from home. She knew she was obviously she knew she was having a kid, um, and we thought that Millie's had the potential to get us to the point where we would both work in the business, uh, but it didn't early. Um, so she, yeah, she still paid all the bills yeah. for a long time. So she was working. You have a kid. You're first. Yep. Um, and you're building this shop out at the same time. Uh, w- yeah, sort of. I mean, she's pregnant with the child. We yeah. we opened the shop before we had the kid, but yep. uh, you know, it was right down to the wire. So stressful. Yes, plenty stressful. Yeah, yeah. But we and that's the way we like it. We like to keep it. Well, first kids are stressful, right? I mean, yeah. they just are. Second yeah. ones, third ones, they come along. Yeah, I feel like yeah. third ones we like. Uh, we don't want to have a third kid, um, but you know, if we had a third kid, it'd be like, all right, yeah, we, we got an extra bedroom for him. Chuck him in there. We already got all the shit, whether it's a boy or a girl. So it's, we're geared up. Yes, I've got three. Um, and Charlie um, actually does some of the music for this podcast. You've not heard that yet. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, he he plays a drums. Plays the drums. Too? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Is he the creative one? Uh, they're all creative in their yeah. own way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Different, different. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, they might be listening, so I don't want to, you know, tip my hand. You don't want to dog one. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That'd be bad. Well, if my kids are listening, my Madeline's my favorite. She's my three-year-old daughter. She's, you know, she's head and shoulders. Really, my favorite. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Cassius is the younger one. Cassius is the, the, the older, older one. Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's five. She's three. He's a hockey player. Yes, phenom. <laughs> hockey phenom. So are you a hockey dad? I'm transitioning there. I'm trying to grow my. Is hair Lauren out. a hockey mom? She didn't think she was, but she's, oh, she's yeah. getting in there. She's, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's, I can already see her yelling another mother. Oh, she yells. Oh, uh, yeah. Not yet, but she will. She, she will, yeah. Year or two. Yeah. yeah. Do you take ice lights to some games occasionally? Oh, yeah. In a backpack. Yeah. You have one at a, at a uh, pen and, game. And that's the thing about hockey dads is I feel yeah. like they booze. Yeah. They, they're boozing. So, 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, so we had the kid, opened up the shop. Um, the Hot Shady said go, initially. Killed it? Unbelievable. Yeah. It was uh, beyond our wildest dreams busy. That's awesome. Um, you know, twice what we forecasted it to be. So uh, that was just kind of like a, a, a straightaway hit. Um, so this, I, but this, I'd be remiss without saying that, like, there was a lot of bullshit in the beginning of it from, from us to the people and, you know. I'm incredibly thankful that like people still kept coming. Yeah. And we did a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> uh, just trying to figure it out and a lot of, you know, wacky things, run out of things, you know, just like standard of service was not incredible. Yeah. And people, you know, they, you know, to their credit, and I think that's a Pittsburgh thing, right? I think if we had been in another city, they would have said like, this guy's a jackass. Yep. We're out. Um, so, you know, people were great. And to this day, I mean, we still see people. It's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, people who bought our original CSA, yeah. it's like they still come to the to the ice cream shop, and that's and I know like we delivered that CSA and those ice cream. I mean, we would just set like a pint of ice cream on your front porch, and like even if it's even if it's October, that's not a replicatable model. I mean, <laughs> there's a cost associated with actually uh, yes, driving yes. and dropping things yeah, off. The scalability yeah, of yeah. us putting one pint of ice cream on your porch uh, every <laughs> Saturday. Uh, for six <laughs> weeks in a row. It's, what, what did you charge for that? Because I was not a customer. Uh, we, t- I think we charged uh, eight bucks a pint. Eight bucks a pint to have it delivered to your house? Yeah, and we charged eight bucks a pint I now to have you come say. pick it up. Well, of yeah. course everyone loved it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, I mean, to, to their credit, right, there were people who signed up again, and I know that there were pint Because, I mean, if you think about it, even in October, right, at 10 o'clock in the morning, even oh. if it's not in the sun. Wait, you I mean, just dropped it off in, like, a paper bag? Sometimes we would just set it on the porch. I mean, what? That's but that's total bullshit. I, mean, I know. You, literally, did. you didn't even put it on like in a little cooler. No, not one of those old school like you know what you should have done some old school milk milk. You know, things, we had all these grand thing. ideas, and it just like it was. You should, yeah. do th- you should bring it back. Do that again. It's yeah. We've we we've threatened <laughs> to bring it back for like the but OGs, you, but you did for COVID. We did for COVID. Yeah, how'd and that it, go? It was great. It so was COVID fantastic. sucked for everybody. COVID was, yeah. It yeah. Was, it was so crazy. all the shops closed. All the shops were closed. Yeah. Um, for but but only for a little while. Um, we were able to open them back up after. Uh, so what it was like March, mid March when I went down. I'm trying to not remember this period of my life, but uh, you know I think by I think by early May, yeah. uh, they were all back open uh, to some degree. So, um, yeah, and we were just. You know, we were trying to piece it all together. I mean, you know, credit to credit to my wife. I mean, she just thought of like a hundred different ideas to just keep the lights on every yeah. day. You know, I mean, we moved into this plant that we spent millions of dollars on. How long were you here before? So, so let's back up a quick second. You were in Homewood, uh-huh. in that uh, I don't even know what the building's called. The X Factory, uh, X yeah. Factory, where uh, Kate's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Adam, Adam Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's yep. a, a welly. They make water bottle. Yeah. A lot of a lot of different people. Yep. KLVN coffee used to be in there. Oh yeah. Um, it was really great. The guy who owns the building, super nice guy. He was very gracious to us. You know, we. It turns out that like that if you put a dairy plant in anything but a building that's just a standalone building, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, we even sure. even to this day, I mean, we've we've <laughs> outfitted the whole place to make a one, and it's just. Problems that we run into, yeah. right? You see why people just put them out in the middle of nowhere and just a pole building and it's whatever. So yep. yeah, I mean, there's there's issues that come, but yep. 
So, so you outgrow that because mm-hmm. you get to how many stores? How many uh, do you have now? So, so now we before have, actually before the pandemic. So, how many did you have? Uh, pre-pandemic, we only had two. You had two stores pre-dam pre-dam pandemic. Yep. Um, and then you moved down here. And then we moved here. Yep. Uh, we opened uh, basically this place and our Lawrenceville location roughly the same time. Yep. About uh, forty-five days, thirty to forty-five days before. Before the pandemic. Yeah. So you start, you're thinking things are really great. We're going to Yeah, we're going. We're, we're moving. Up, like, yeah. you know, we built this place. We, you know, um, we're really just, you know, things are moving for us. It, it all makes sense. Lauren's now in the business. It's, you know, it's all, it's all great. Got some uh, brains in the business. It got, yeah, much more brains than there was. And then Dr. Fauci shut you down. And then we were driving. I, I remember this. This is like one of those. Like, Not that Dr. Fauci's a bad guy. Uh, Just, un- yeah. Understood. Yeah. Understood. But I won't politicize any anything. <laughs> no. Uh, we were dri- I remember this. Lauren and I had like a, um, a half day here. And the kids were, were my mom's or something. And we were able to kind of skip out on work midday and go have some drinks. And we were. You know, we were having a having a good time, and we headed home because it was a responsible time to head home. And you know, we were driving down the road, and I think we might have said like some almost verbatim, like you know, at this point, like this place is open, the business is making money, we're open in Lawrenceville, like nothing can stop us. And yeah. like, I don't know, maybe ten days later, <laughs> COVID came, and it was just unbelievable. It's just, I mean, it hit yeah. like a hammer too. Oh, I, mean, I remember sitting on, I was sitting on the couch watching. Um, uh, TV and they, they broke in saying, you know, basketball game was just canceled. Yeah. Because someone had COVID, right? Yep. And then 20 minutes later, Tom Hanks and his wife yep. have COVID. Like, what the hell? Yep. I mean, it just, like, it imploded in seconds. Yeah. I think, I think it was a Sunday night. So I think everything got shut down on Monday, but I think the governor made the announcement Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night. I think it was like March 17th, maybe plus minus, but, but, uh, our friends slash Lauren's cousins uh, who, have, who have kids that play with our kids were at our house and we were just like, you know, eating pizza, just drinking it with Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And we're just like, huh, I wonder what this COVID thing's going to be. And then it's just like, bang, shut it yeah. all down. And we're like, well, now we're getting yeah, now crushed. Yeah. So, so everything shuts down. Everything shuts. You, you're sitting here thinking, wow, this is really great. I just opened up this uh-huh. Great new factory. Yep. Um, I have a bunch of stainless steel yeah. that I don't know how I'm going to use, pay for, or anything. Yeah. Um, we had to lay off every single one of our employees uh, yeah. the next day, Monday. I mean, we had to come in and... So and everyone, plant... Everybody. Everybody. Yep. Everybody. Um, and it was it was horrendous, right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, right, we make, we make ice cream. And, that you know, that's, that's what we do. But I, I always tell everybody that the thing about that I think sets us apart is that the people that are, that are serving you in our ice cream shop, they really are, are just phenomenal human beings. They're, they're just great people. They love being there and they're smiling, they're laughing, they're playing loud music. They're just having a good time because to me, if, if you go into an ice cream shop and it's the best ice cream you've ever had in your life, but you're not made to feel extremely welcome, you're going to be like, Oh, it's fine. Like I'm not going to go for ice cream. It's just not, it's just ice cream. Yeah. But if you go to a place and you're like, man, this ice cream is serviceable at best, but it's a fun experience, you're going to keep going back. Yeah. And, you know, without sounding arrogant, I think we've figured out the ice cream part. I think our ice cream is, is delicious. And so 
our staff really makes that experience. And so it was crushing, you know, it was crushing to, to, to have to talk to all those people. We wanted to do it in, you know, as, as best in person as possible. You know, we had to call some people. Um, but it, you know, it was, I mean, it was devastating and we're like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Now we're just like, you know, me, Lauren and, and Melissa, who's, you know, one of our partners in the business who's been with us since, you know, early days. And she just said like, Hey, listen, I realized that you're going to lay me off, but like, I'm just going to work. Yeah. Uh, cause what else am I going to do? Uh, you know, and credit to her. And I said to her like, listen, you don't have to do that. Like, I'm not going to show you any favorable treatment. Yeah. Uh, because we couldn't do that, you sure. know, we can't say like, oh, hey, if you work for free, I'll, you, I'll bring you back first. <laughs> I mean, there were there were a lot of people in the organization that said like, it's fine. I, I just want to work here. I'll just work for free until we come back. Yep. And I had to tell them like, you can't do that. Like, yep. I can't allow you to do that. But but it, the gesture was incredible. Um, so, so so you're able to reopen. Yep. Shops. So we were able to bring people back. You know, we started bringing people back. We got. I think by July, we had like 85% of our employees back. Did you have to wait until the county went to green before you opened your shop? No, or? because, uh, you know, I mean, we're naturally a takeout yeah. type establishment. So you so weren't we dining just, in anyway. So no, we got rid of the seating. Did you have to pre-order or you could just walk in and get a scoop? Well, it depended. Um, we, 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 you know, we tried throwing everything at the wall that, that would stick. Um, but you could always just go in and get a scoop and leave. Yep. Um, and we set up our staff at the front door. So that like people wouldn't come into the shop, they'd just come to the front door, order a cone, whatever, and then staff would go back, scoop it, bring it to you, pay for it, and, and keep going. Um, and then we were able to slowly start to bring people into the store, mm-hmm. and then we were able to slowly start to add some seats. Um, but I think we tried really hard to be sensitive to to what our employees yeah. wanted, right? Because again, that's that's very important. Um, we knew once we had gotten a certain way through the, the thing that we were going to be able to to make it through this. You know, we had, wasn't a certainty. It's never a certainty. I should say, it was probably a time, though, where you're like, okay, this is it. Oh, yeah, Fuck it. 100%. Like, okay, let's, yeah, uh, like, let's, like uh, late March. I mean, there was a time with, when Lauren and I would just go home and just booze every single night, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it, it would have been crushing. And, you know, for, for people that have lost businesses, I mean, it's just... It's something you spend, you know, whole time on. But we also were like, listen, we can't let this thing bring us down, right? Like, we still have our kids. We still have our health. We can, you know, we can bounce back. But she, oh, has, yeah. she has her health. I mean. She has her health, yeah. yeah. She's far better health yeah. than me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her second husband will be. Listen, I, I, I don't often like to give credit to my to my brother-in-law because he's, you know, he's kind of a jerk off. But he, My neighbor? The, your brother-in-law? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he has a hilarious joke uh, that he says about his uh, his wife's second husband mm-hmm. that he'll come in and say, uh, oh, all these blazers are too small, or all these blazers are too big, but these shoes are too small, which I think is <laughs> a fucking hilarious joke. It's incredible. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, we were w- once we knew that like okay, we 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 have some incredible partners in the business, and and we were able to to realize that like okay, we are going to be able to weather the storm. It's not going to be pretty, you know, and we got to figure out how to do what's right and stay stay true to our employees and to, to keeping this kind of mission that, that we're doing and do it to the best of our ability. Um, we were able to kind of keep pushing forward and start bringing people back and then just slowly ramp things back up. So now at what point last year, um, 
did you get to where your budget was? Like, you know, week to week, you'd be like, okay, looks like we're, did you ever get to that point back in 2020? So, you know, it's interesting. My wife has a, has a finance background. um, And so she was just cash flow modeling every day, Mm -hmm. every day. She would just, you know, okay, this is, you know, this is debits, this is credits, this is, you know, accounting 101. She had put together a forecast. Does she wear one of those green hats, you know, like the old school accounting ones? Yeah, and she uses this lamp, right? This lamp, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. So, but, and one of those things, ching, 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 ching. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, smoke cigarettes, just lights one off the other up in her, yeah, her <laughs> office with no windows. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she, you know, she put together a very, very intricate, you know, outlook of what it would be, you know, kind of doomsday scenario and, what do we need? What do we have to be able to do um, to get there? And we were able to meet it and slightly exceed it, fortunately, nice. on the good end, um, slightly. Um, so, you know, that those things were looking up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we were able to just kind of keep adding to it. Um, and again, you know, cre- a ton of credit to, um, to after our employees, obviously, but to the people who came in and it was a weird experience and didn't feel... Right, and it didn't feel exactly Millie's, but people were were supporting. Yeah. They were buying, and they were spending, and they were doing all of these things which they didn't have to do. Um, and so, you know, it's it's uh, it's a testament to to the community for sure. So you you feel uh, I, I know you're very proud of your ice cream, but you feel equally as proud as people in your stores. Uh, where more, more so? Yeah, I would say more so. You know, it's just it's it's uh, it's an incredible it's an incredible thing to see these people who work for us take take it the experience and, and try to make it their own right yeah. because that's what we want you know we have we have an incredible incredible staff from shopkeepers down to somebody who just scoops ice cream one day a week right and and when they make the playlist that's fun and they make it their own and they they take a picture you know and put it on their own instagram inside of millie's but then it's so good that we use it for our instagram you yeah. know they, they they just they're they're so invested in that, and we're we're just incredibly lucky. I mean, it's you know you you often see some experiences and people just they're there for a job, yeah, and they just don't they don't give a shit, but they they can't leave because they need the money. Yep, um, you know we're we are lucky, we're incredibly lucky. So who controls the Instagram? Uh, my wife. Yeah. There's, there's really often, there's not much that you're going to come. Is so... You're not going to come across much in business. Well, she doesn't know a shit about making ice cream. Well, though, that's, so yeah. She's so, not that great. So I'm, I'm going to give you, like, what I know you like, is to is geek out a little bit about ice cream. Yes, right. absolutely. 100%. All right, so, so I go into a grocery store. Yes. Um, and before, one quick question. So right now, uh-huh. you sell into retail grocery yes. stores, and yep. you also sell in your own scoop shops. Yes, what's and we sell wholesale. Yeah. So what's the? I mean, how much is in your scoop oh, shops? Oh, it's eighty-five percent through the shops. Shops. Yeah. The shops are a business. Yeah. We've we've always looked at the grocery stores as supporting the footprint of our shops. Yeah. Right. Like you're not you're not you we we don't have any interest in being a CPG company. Yep. Right. Like I don't want to sell in five thousand giant stores in Texas or yep. something. You know that's. But as we a grow, consumer package goods, a consumer yeah. package yes, good. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I know yeah, all the venture like capital stay, guys don't. I like love to stay that. with the lingo. Yep, the the venture capital guys don't love the well because brands. because the competitors, the Briars and all those people, have a lot of money. Yep, and it's hard to g- compete getting into those ice cream. Stores. Is the uh, most competitive category. Yep, if not maybe not the most, but it's top three. Yep, 
for sure. But the easiest way to compare your ice cream to others is through retail. Yes. Right. So what's happened over the last number of years, and this goes back a long time, is that I go in and I buy a pint or a half gallon. Mm -hmm. Those aren't, oftentimes they're almost never half gallon. No, they're almost always 56 ounces. Yep. And pints now, oftentimes they're not as well. 14. Yeah. A lot of times. Okay. So, but then also, we'll get into a little bit of lingo here. And don't mm -hmm. worry, people. We'll get out of this soon. Oh, well, yeah. So, we'll get you out of then you get into overrun mm -hmm. and different things. So, yep. overrun is, is correct me if I'm wrong, the amount of air whipped into the ice cream. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, if you, if you take a, you know, take a pint of ice cream and you, you weigh it, right? A, so, a pint being a, a unit of measurement... Um, that is, that's a little tricky because a lot of the American units of measurement are um, not so much weight, right? Take a cup. I mean, a cup is different across all different things, right? But a cup is a cup. And so a unit uh, of measurement that's a pint uh, in ice creams most often, so 16 ounces. So the assumption would be that if I were to fill up a pint with ice cream base, it would weigh plus minus 16 ounces within mm -hmm. you know a very small tolerance to two to five percent now you have to add air because if i just freeze ice cream base it's going to be a vanilla ice cube um, so you have to add air i mean regardless yep. you have to add some air uh, so we shoot for you know 30 ish percent overrun gotcha which is very low yep um which is is makes it thick dense makes it harder to scoop when it's really cold yep um, and, you know, again, I like to eat ice cream. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you buy an ice cream and you scoop it, and I like it warm. Yep. It gets the flavor out. Certainly. But the problem is sometimes you scoop it, and all of a sudden there's nothing left. Yep. So um, that's, the, that's the other thing, right? It's since there's not a lot of overrun, right, you're not going to see a ton of shrinkage in it. If you were to leave, you know, a very high overrun ice cream out and let it melt, like melt, melt totally, If it, usually they're often so loaded with stabilizers that it would just stay full to the brim it'll just, it wouldn't lose any air but the ones that are more higher quality but still a lot of overrun will melt and it'll be you'll you'll see a drastic reduction in in volume yep um so but the other thing is our ice cream melts slower yep um um so yeah so you know there's there's the pros and cons but but it's it's uh it's most often confused with gelato okay um, so, so what is gelato? So gelato is a, is the FDA has a federal standards of identification. And so what that does is it basically creates these parameters or thresholds so that people can't just put a label on anything. Right. And so ice cream has to be uh, between 10 and 16% um, butter fat content. So is that why when I go buy ice cream sometime, it's not labeled as ice cream? Frozen dairy frozen dessert. Frozen dairy dessert. Or frozen non-dairy I've dessert. noticed that more and more over the last number of years. You sit there and you go in, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I always try to buy ice cream at the grocery store since I can't get yours at the grocery store. Um, we don't buy a lot of ice cream at the grocery store, to be honest with you. But yeah. you're in there trying to get something. I'm like, wait, what the hell is this? Yep. Yeah. And right, so, so so it's not as much. So it's, yeah, it's under. It's either under the fat percentage or there's a solid solid slash overrun percentage that they have to meet um which are you know they're, they're very technical terms but basically saying that you can't put so much air into it sure uh, because the butter fat is not affected by the air they yep. don't measure that as a as a whole it's measured as by the by the mix 
So you could effectively, you know, put four ounces of ice cream base in there and it's super injected with air and mm -hmm. it's still going to meet your butterfat content, yep. but they don't allow it to be over 100% overrun. And the only reason to do that is cost? Cost, pure cost, because yep. obviously air costs nothing. Yep. The equipment to put the air in there is very expensive, but um, but to put the, you know, it's the it's the cheapest additive, right? Yeah. To put in there. And it's not an additive on the label. Uh, and it's not an additive on the label. Yep. And people don't need to know. You don't need to. You don't need to declare your overrun percentage. Yep. So, um, the other piece that, and I don't want to say you're known for, but I know that you're passionate about is pasteurization. Yes. Um, you know, you you had started with, uh, I believe you were buying milk from Chuck Turner. Mm -hmm. um, still, still buy all our cream from them. They're yep. fantastic dairy. So actually, I got a. You were mentioning a cup earlier. You know, mm -hmm. a cup is a cup. So Chuck. Uh, Chuck is a, is a good friend, and they do a spectacular job. Yeah, tremendous. Um, years ago, when I was when I was working at, at um, in my role at Eden Park, um, we had a problem with one of our suppliers, which was a uh, whipped cream supplier. We were buying a, a really nice whipped cream, okay. came in returnable jars, and yep. it was it, and Chuck had sourced it, and it was coming on his trucks. He wasn't okay. making it, but it, it, so we get silver cans and replace. Them. Long story short, this guy comes in because we're having a problem. Like they're emptying really fast. And so as we're talking, um, the guy says, well, yeah, you know, you know, we measured, you're supposed to get X amount of cups out of a, out of a container. So I said to, to, I think Regis was in the meeting, um, who had worked for me at the time. I said, Hey, Reg, why don't we go get a cup and see, you know, how much is coming out? Yeah. Just spray it in there. Yeah. So the guy says, well, no, um, it's just an old coffee cup that we use to measure. I'm like, well, is it a cup or just a random coffee cup you don't know the quantity he says it's a random coffee cup yeah I yeah mean, i mean it's shocking it's it's you know uh that we we often operate in the metric system here in the plant just because of the precision of it i mean it's not we're you also spend time in france too so yeah. you, you know, no, metrics. Just, yeah, you're, you're, to, you're, you're very well oh, yeah. versed in metrics yeah uh so, but but there's a there's a precision to it, uh, and again, we're making ice cream in in 200 gallon batches, so I mean yep. we're not measuring down to the gram, but um, but it, it it's it's a square measurement, and so if I say to somebody, you know, put 50 cups of sugar in here, they're gonna they're gonna number one have to go up 50 times, but if I say put 5,000 grams of sugar, they just put a bucket on a scale and go 5,000 yep. in, uh, so. Yeah, and it's it's you know the dairy world is so so interesting. Um, my my wife and I often joke about it because it's I I feel like I was like born to yeah. live in this world. I love. It. I mean, I'm wearing a high vis shirt, and this is my uniform. You are, I know. This it's is like my good. uniform. I'm wearing yeah. an echo, like a mesh echo hat. Yeah. I've got rubber knee high boots, right? And I just love like shooting the shit with these dairy farmers, yeah. and, and like gossiping. Well, and dairy farming is hard work. It's, it's unbelievable. We, we work with so two farms, Turner, mm -hmm. um, which is you know le kind of less a farm, even though they do their own farming. They have they have cows. Uh, but they buy a lot from a lot of people, which is required to produce the, the volume of product that they do. And they do a really nice job. They're very picky about the farms they work with and the breeds and everything. So they're they're tremendous job. But we also work with a, a smaller, much smaller, um, third-generation dairy farm. And they're, I mean, it's it's brutally, you know, 
this, the, the woman who was roughly my age um, and, the, and her dad, who are effectively running the farm, and they worked their ass off. Well, you got to milk two, days a day, two times a day. Two times a day. And if you don't milk them, it's a problem. Yeah, and you turns out you when, can't stop. Turns out when you go to Aruba on vacation, the cows just don't <laughs> save their milk. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, yes. And you know, it, it's like again, without like just going wild in this, like people don't realize that like yes, milk comes from cows, but but just like humans, there's a reason why cows get milk, mm-hmm. and like they just don't make milk forever. Yeah. Right. Like somebody has to get them <laughs> pregnant to get the milk going. And then, like you, then there's an animal that happens yeah. after the the cow gives birth, and you have to keep the you know. So it's, I mean, I've been to their farm. It's and they do an r- incredible job. Well, but also what's fascinating to me from just milk is that I can go into a convenience store, I can buy a bottle of water for a dollar fifty, yeah, which is filtered water comes through, or I mean, it could be from a spring, or yep. it could have been shipped from Fiji or whatever yep. it may be, um, and I can get a I can get a pint of milk for maybe a buck 75 not much more expensive yep. and that milk has been you know you got an animal and then you have to milk it and then you capture it and you put it in a container and you ship it to someone like turners who then processes it and and does everything they do to it and then ships it out I'm like how the hell can those two things be the same price can i can i just make a quick suggestion that maybe in the next three to five podcasts sure you get chuck or steve turner on We'll get them both. And me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And me. All right, all right. Because we'll it's, like, it's interesting, you know, so like this guy, and, and uh, without just wasting hours of time on, on semantics, but like- Yeah, we got like three minutes left to geek this, out, because okay. we're going to get out. Great, so. done. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like this guy that we're buying milk from- um, What's the name of the farm? Twinbrook Dairy okay. Farm. Tremendous. Uh, he was telling me that I think it was last year, or maybe two years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but he, so he has these heritage breed cows, Jersey, Guernsey. He does a few Holstein, so black and white cows, but he also has brown, brown cows. And, um, and the, he, I think he said it was costing him like 18, say $18.57 per hundred weight. That's the yep. dairy calculation. Sure. So it's like 11.2 blah, blah, blah gallons. Um, it, it was costing him that much to make it, and he was selling it for fifteen fifty, yeah. right? At a, at a loss. Sure. And PA is a big dairy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, supplementary, uh, you know, kind of grant state subsidiary, what or su- subsidy rather. Um, so it's it's just crazy, you know. Yeah. These guys are just getting killed, and what do you do? You yeah. know. So we're we're lucky that we're working with them. They're making the money that they need to make to survive, and we're getting an, an incredible. So you're product. paying them a set price. I'm paying them a set price. Set doesn't price. change. Doesn't it? Doesn't well, go up we, and down on the market? Anything else? No. Yeah. No. So they they bring it to you. They bring it to me raw, and then raw, and then yep. you're pasteurizing it. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you want to pasteurize it rather than having somebody else? I do don't, that? frankly. I, I would prefer not to pasteurize yeah. it. If I could bring, we have to, we double pasteurize it anyways, just mm-hmm. with the process that we operate. Um, but but the you want their of, milk, and you want we that. want their milk, yeah. and the amount that I would have to pay from a handling perspective makes it prohibitively expensive. Gotcha. So we bought the equipment. We know how to do it. We have the expertise at this point. So um, so we just do it. Yep. But you know, I mean, it's I'm bringing I'm bringing raw milk from a farm into a plant where we also in. Uh, and in within ten thousand square feet, are making stuff that people eat. Yeah. So we have to be very careful. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. So then now, all of these things go into. In and I don't want to just say your opinion, but in your opinion, 
your ice cream, it makes it great, right? Yes. Now, what's your favorite? Vanilla. So if you had one, vanilla. Well, it's called, you can't say vanilla. No, it's, you can't. You it's, can't. It's, it's, no, but here's why. You called it Chad's vanilla. I know. It's like me wearing Brooks shoes. Like, they're my favorite shoes. They're Brooks. No, but listen, this is the... This is it the is, and I'll be honest with you, it's tasty. This is the reason why the vanilla is my favorite. Okay. Going back to a chef background, right? If you if you talk about if you talk with chefs and you say like, what you know, I want to if this guy's a good chef, how does he prove he's a good chef, right? Mm -hmm. If you roast a chicken, okay. Mm -hmm. So if you take a chicken and you put salt and pepper on it, or just salt, and you roast it and it's delicious, you're obviously talented, right? But if you take uh, something, right, you put eighty different things in it, yep. you can hide behind a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. Our vanilla ice cream is six ingredients. And so if it's, if it's not good, I mean, yeah. it's either the ingredient's fault or my fault. Yep. And I, you can't really blame cane sugar. No. Right? You can't really blame milk. Milk is milk. So right? you, Our milk is exceptional, but it's still milk. Yes. Uh, it's not magic. Yep. Um, so, and then, you know, at that point, then we have this base that we can then add different things to. So you make a base. We make a base. How much of what you make comes uh, is using the Chad's vanilla as a base? Uh, I'd say probably sixty to seventy percent of it. Gotcha. So that's a cookie dough base. Um, so then you add different things into there, mm -hmm. yep. depending upon a different flavor, a different. Yeah. So uh, for our strawberry ice cream, it's Chad's vanilla base with mm -hmm. strawberry puree, and then we make a strawberry jam that we swirl mm -hmm. in post freeze. And you make the strawberry jam. We do. Yep. We do. Yeah, so uh, so so that's our starting point. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then it's all you know. Then we just kind of keep adding and layering on from there. So you tried soft serve, and I'm going to ask about soft serve. I did because my daughter Cora loved soft serve. I mean, yes. she would drive from Mount Lebanon to East Liberty multiple times, incredible a week, incredible, and always wanted to get it. She thought it was the best. It, I think it, I think it was the best. I'm biased. Now she also likes Paige's Dairy Mart. Also do a very good job. Also delicious. Yes. Yep. I mean, soft serve is hard though, right? Soft serve is very hard. Why? For a couple of reasons. One is because we, we set out to make, so, you know, uh, we, we were offered a space in uh, Bakery Square. Uh, and it was, it was a temporary opportunity, five or six months, maybe eight months. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't, I don't what are we going to do? It's, it's two miles from our ice cream shop and, you know, again, for the maybe 50th time of this story, credit to my wife. She said, well, why don't we try soft serve? Well, it's also only a mile and a half from your, at the, at the time, your manufacturing plant. Yes. Yeah. I mean, as a crow flies, it's probably less than a half a mile. Yeah. Uh, and so, so like, we can't rightfully just set up another ice cream shop a, a mile away. It wouldn't, just doesn't make sense. And so she said, well, you know, because I I'd love soft serve. You put Jimmy's on it? Sprinkles? 100%. Chocolate or rainbow? Rainbow. 100%. Rainbow. Chocolate or shit. Really? They're shit. I always get chocolate. Derek does the same thing as shit. He complained every single time he went there. I know the first time he was like, oh, you should have chocolate sprinkles. Yeah. And then I told him I thought it was shit. And he. Now, why? What's time. wrong with it? They're, they're just the flavor? Like anything. Why don't you make your own then? Sprinkles. Make your own sprinkles. Yeah, talk about opportunity cost. <laughs> Making sprinkles. We said, I mean, we probably go through, uh, if he wasn't on the phone right out there, I'd ask him how many sprinkles we go through a week. Yeah. A lot. So hundreds of pounds. I'm sure. Yeah. It'd be uh, a total pain in the ass. Yes. Uh, It'd be a fun project, though. It would. 
It would. There's actually some Pittsburgh women who make sprinkles, and I'm trying really hard to get them to make sprinkles for us. Really? River Road Sprinkle Company. River Road Sprinkle. Hopefully they're listening to this. River Road Sprinkle? They make sprinkles? Do They, they make, do. Where do they make sprinkles for? Who? Um, it's a small operation, oh. so I don't know exactly who, but I've seen them, and we've reached out, and they, maybe they don't like me. Maybe they think I'm not a nice guy. I don't know. They don't follow up. So River Road, if you're that. listening, I see come that. on. I can see We want to buy them. I'll buy a lot of sprinkles from you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I love spr- I love soft serve. I mean, if I go to a place and they have soft serve and hard ice cream, because a lot of places do, I'm, I pick soft serve yep. 75% of the time. So, but it's hard because of the machines. Yes, you are completely beholden to the machines. Yep. So the, the thing about the way that, that, uh, that Lauren and I have built this model is to take a lot of the variability out of the ice cream shop. Can I just say it sounds like Lauren's just dragging you along? She has on. Yes. I mean, I, I, you know. Uh, yes. That's, there's okay. no, I don't think anybody. If, if, if you're listening to this and you have any familiarity, if you've even ever met us, you realize that that's the case. Uh, but, uh, you know, she's stuck with me now. Yeah, she is. With, with a business, two kids. Two kids, no. I mean, there's uh, divorce is not an option. No. It would be so, it would be so hard for her. Yeah, I mean, you're... I mean, plus, I'd get those guys that plus are on Plus, even TV, those... Yeah. You know, <laughs> the like, guys on, yeah, yeah. right, the Randy show, yeah. And they're, like, checking out her... Yeah, uh, yeah. They're, like, checking out her Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. sketchy. <laughs> she's not getting nothing. But you're kind of like the Abe Froman of Pittsburgh, right? The Abe, I mean, Abe Froman's a sausage, of course. sausage king. Of, of course. Uh, and yeah. I, hope that, I hope that someday your son gets a reservation at a restaurant <laughs> by using my name. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I'm Chad Townsend. You're Chad Townsend, the ice cream king of Pittsburgh. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) That would be uh, that would be amazing. Yes, that would be. Yeah, I'm going to try that sometime. So soft serve is it's it's it was a nightmare. Yeah, Uh, we made all the mix. We we were able to to and and my production manager here name's Rachel. She's fantastic. She figured out a completely stabilizer free soft serve mix. Uh, so it was like totally natural, clean label. Yeah. And uh, uh, we were able to do it, but then a machine would shut down. Yeah. And there's like one guy who services from State College to, he's like 195 accounts. Yeah. So, um, but would you make soft serve mix for other people? I would. We've been yeah. approached. We've been approached about it. And we, we, I mean, we know how to do it. We have the pasteurizer. We have the capacity. Um, so... It, it ultimately has been, uh, it's, it's, people have been interested in it, but it, it hasn't worked from a price point perspective yeah. because it's just, we can't do it as yeah. cheap as a big dairy. So you now have how many stores? We now have, um, as of, when's this podcast come out? Tomorrow? No, it's not gonna be tomorrow. It might be like a week or so. So yeah. like a beginning of August 1st. August 1st, uh, we should have, so Shadyside, Market Square, Lawrenceville, South Fayette. He's pulling Wexford, out his fingers to count, Mary. just to let you know. Uh, Kennywood. Um, so we'll either at that point have seven or possibly ten. Seven to ten. How many of those do you operate as a, so you're, you, some of these are franchises now, right? You've, you're, uh, South Fayette is a franchise, okay. and we're hoping that one or two more will be franchises. Okay. So five years from now. Yeah. What's Millie's? Five years from now, Millie's is uh, 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 the only super premium uh, ice cream franchise in the United States. Uh, it is that now, um, but it is uh, 
you know, the, the footprint is, is still fairly small, obviously. Um, so in five years from now, Millie's is the only super premium ice cream franchise in the United States. Um, and uh, we, are, we are setting up concentric circles of, of where we want to grow, right? Because we have a lot of opportunity um, and we don't want to squander it by trying to get crazy with growth. Yeah. And logistics are difficult to get, you know, like I can't, I can't just open a franchise in, in Dallas. Sure. Because I need to get ice Ship cream there. there. Yeah. Um, so we want to kind of grow in a, in a concentric circle or regional approach. And, and we are young enough and it's not a fad. People aren't going to stop eating ice cream. So, no. so we know that um, we can continue to, to grow what we're doing uh, in a responsible way to build something that's, you know, that is sustainable. As your scoop shops are now, how many could you have opened before you run out of capacity here at Homestead? 20. 20. Yeah. So not far away. And, the, and from a capacity standpoint, that's capacity from a storage perspective. But I have a solution for that. Okay, so you can manufacture all you want. You just don't have a freezer on space. I could probably get to 35 before I have a production issue. Okay. But at that point, it's not a... Yeah. That's an easy fix. Sure. Uh, there's room to grow in the plant yep. and there, you know, I can add a lot of equipment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the first, the, f the first stumbling block will be storage storage. Sure. Um, so, but if we can, you know, offload all that, which we're hoping to do and take ourselves out of the distribution game. Yep. Um, uh, then we're nice. buzzing. Um, all right. So let's, you know, as a chef, Yes. Um, do you cook at home? I do. I love it. I've you, never. Are I've, you the I only cook? Does Lauren cook too, or are you the only? I am. I'm finally going to throw some shade at her. She's a terrible cook. Really? But she knows it. I mean, can she like stick stuff in an oven at least? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she can cook for the kids, and she can you know she can make a you know a salad or whatever, yeah. make breakfast. Do the but, kids? Do the kids? Uh, do the kids eat no, like really fancy food? Eaters. Yeah, they no, are yeah. Shit eaters. All kids know. are. It's uh, it's it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Right. Like, how do I get them to eat anything besides chicken nuggets, macaroni, cheese, and a hot dog? Like, we used to always put those. In. I don't even remember the names of them. They're like they, they, the little tray you'd stick in the oven. And they yeah. Have chicken nuggets, something else. Corn yeah, like a chocolate pudding. And yeah, the, uh, brownie. Take a pudding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know. And my son is, uh, I think everybody's clear where he came from. because well, he's, he's the next Mario Mute. Headstrong. And so about a year ago, I said to him, like, okay, you have to eat some broccoli. You know, he's, he's at this point. Broccoli's kind of gross, though. I mean, I mean I, I'll eat it, but it's, it's a hard first vegetable. Got, I know, but you got, well, there's no What about asparagus? He, Maybe it doesn't he'll matter. Like, but it here's the thing. The cool thing about asparagus makes your pee smell. He doesn't, I so, know, but he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. And so I said to him, I said, okay, that's fine. You eat the broccoli. It was like four little florets of broccoli. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have friends whose kids eat just like vegetarian. Yeah, but they're weird though. I know, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and so I said to him, I said, you're sitting there until you eat this broccoli. I said, I don't care if it's all night. Oh, he stayed all night? He sat across from me at the table and did not disconnect his eyes from my eyes. He psyched me out. I was like, you're done, you're done. Get out of the way from the table. He broke me. You he, gave up. He broke me. Yeah. And then more recently, I said to him, I said, eat this broccoli. You got to eat this broccoli. You're having no candy. 
And he was like, I can't eat the broccoli or I'm going to throw up, but I want to eat the candy. So yeah. I'm going to eat the broccoli, but I'm, I'm going to throw up. And I said, okay, fine. Did he throw up? Yep. Man, right on the table. That is a man. That guy is, he is going <laughs> to. So be, then I had to clean it up. He's going to be a force to reckon with. Then I had to clean it up. You got luck with that. This is, a, this is also a funny kid story real quick. My uh, Lauren told me yesterday because I'm, I come to work fairly early, so she does all the child care in the morning and frankly probably most in the evenings too. And uh, our daughter asked Lauren, she just, she's not even three yet. She'll be yep. three in a couple of days. She just said to Lauren out of nowhere, have you ever seen a dead body? Huh. <laughs> what did Lauren say? No. <laughs> did she just watch, uh, what was it, Stand By Me? Was that the? No, know? she's, yeah. I mean, she isn't, I don't know where, huh. I don't know where it came from. You got some. Some yeah. oddballs. Yeah. <laughs> there are some oddballs. <laughs> but that's what makes it fun. They, they do not, we do not stop laughing. Yeah. Uh, with them, most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. There's some tears. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. All right, so when you're cooking at home, though, what do you make? Uh, uh, What's your go-to? I make a lot. I, I typically do a lot of pasta for us. We eat mm -hmm. a lot of like, uh, I don't want to say vegetarian, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, the kids don't eat meat and there's not like, I'm not going to roast something for the two of us often. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, we'll be in the mood for steaks or whatever. But, and again, like, you know, maybe I'll make risotto, but I'll use chicken stock or, you know. Risotto. Some, I've never made a risotto. I fucking love risotto. So do I. But a good one. It. There's it's some a, bad risottos out there. Uh, it's shit if it's not right. Yeah. That's why I never tried it because I'd screw it up. Because you got to st sit there and stir all the time, right? Yeah, but it's fantastic because you, you're, you, that's the great thing about cooking from home. Like, people ask me, like, do you miss cooking? And I said, no, because I still cook a lot. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I said, I just don't cook in a restaurant. And they're like, oh, well, you know, your hours must be better. And I'm like, no, I used to work from, from noon until midnight. And now I work from 5.30 a.m. until 6. And uh, so my hours aren't better. They're just earlier. Yeah. But now when I go home and I'm like, hey, we're going to have this for dinner. Lauren's like, great, I love that. And then she pours us a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And then if it takes 45 minutes longer than yeah. I told her it was going to take, we just have two more glasses of wine. Yeah, sure. She doesn't write a bad Yelp review <laughs> that dinner took 45 minutes too long. <laughs> We're just a little more drunk when we eat dinner. Do you get Yelp reviews at, uh, at, the, at the scoop shops? Yeah. Yep. Are they negative? Occasionally. Yelp reviews are the worst. It's, you know. Uh, we, I mean, we, well, the problem is there's just some that are, I, mean, I remember one that I had when, you know, it was, well, I, uh, I think it basically said, I looked at the menu online, and I didn't like anything on it, so I would never go there. And he gave me one star. You're like, well, well then why are you reviewing it? never walked yeah. in. How do, how do you know? You yeah. know, I listened to a really tremendous podcast from Danny Meyer. Mm -hmm. um, not from him. He was on a podcast. He's a semi-famous guy. And he, yeah, you might know him. Not, he's not you the, might know him. He's, he's not, the, big, he's not the ice cream king. Deal. He's uh, not the ice cream king of Pittsburgh. No. Um, and he, you know, he had an interesting take on Yelp because most industry people despise Yelp. Uh, and his thing was like, hey, Yelp is great because it gives us one last chance to make it right. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's an optimist guy. He's kind of an always working on making service better person. Um, and, and, you know, we try to take that. It's, it's hard, especially when some of the reviews are just snarky. Yeah, and just just pointless, right? I mean, it's obviously you're taking shots because either you don't like me or you don't like something, and and that's okay, right? Like we can't be. That was my biggest soft serve lesson. Yeah, is that you can't be everything to everyone. And uh, so, 
there are some people who who just don't like what we do, and we try really hard to to make it right. But some sometimes they're just like, nah, this is not for us. But then some people just write reviews that are just silly, you know. And 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 when you're you're criticizing some of the employees, you know, there's a lot of stress. Like in Shady Side, there might be a line out the door down to like Mad Max for four hours. Yeah. And as a 19 year old kid, if all you see is 20 people in line out the door, and then a line that goes how who knows how long like that's that's stressful to yeah. do that four or five nights a week you know and 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 again the credit to the shops and credit to like melissa who manages all of our shops i mean their attitudes just they just keep coming back the employees just keep coming back and they just love it and they have a smile on their face and sometimes at nine thirty, they might not be thrilled yeah right and and it's an ice cream shop like we're trying really hard to make it the best experience possible. And these people are putting all of their, all of their energy into it. You know, maybe cut them a little break. If you want to take, if you want to take shots at me and say like your ice cream ideas are stupid or whatever, like that's fine. I'm a, I'm a grown up. I can take it. I, I have thick skin. You've had worse things said about I've you than that. Far worse things said about me by far better people. And you know, but, but to like to take shots at these, these, you know, effectively kids, some of them are 17 years old. Like, just give them a break. Yeah, be patient. And if you know if you not if you don't want to wait in line, you could come back tomorrow. Yeah, just be nice. Just be nice. Well, that's tough for some people, but it's yeah, it's tough. a credit though to you and Lauren and and Melissa and the folks that are there. Melissa, right? Did I? Yep. Okay. No, you got it right. I'm saying I may have screwed that one up, but no. Yeah, because um, you know, it, it is a. It doesn't matter if you're selling ice cream or you're in a restaurant or even retail, right? I mean, there's, there's, you have a product, and yep. you're proud of the product. You make the product. Yep. You work hard at it. You yep. spend a lot of time. We talked about how what you do to make it great, and then you get out to a store, and you have other people serving it. Sometimes they are incredibly qualified. Sometimes it's their first day. Sometimes the freezer breaks down. Yep. Um, sometimes the handle, the scoop breaks off. Yep. Um, their mom has died. Their, you know, their uncle has died. Their dogs have died. Their girlfriends have broken up with them. Their boyfriends. I mean, there's a lot of external factors, right? And it's different when you're in a restaurant like the restaurant I was at in France, or you're in a restaurant like Eleven, or you're in a restaurant like Salt of the Earth. Those servers and those people come in there. I mean, that's their career. And they've been doing it for years. They've been doing it for years, and they know how to walk in the door and, and kind of change their face and, and, and get ready to deal with whatever's going. But, but, you know, these kids are 18, 19 years old. They might be home from college for three months, and Often things are different. Uh, my guess is, you know, half of them is their first job. A lot of them. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's just that's, that's the frustrating part to me about Yelp reviews. Again, like... We want to fix it, and we try to respond to as many as possible. Um, but just, I mean, give give them a break. But it's a little bit, you know, especially the first job piece of it. I mean, it is that it's a responsibility to you and Lauren and your team to make sure that you're giving you a good product. The store's the way it's supposed to be. Yep. Right? Freezers are working, air conditioners are working, everything else. Because if not, if you're fucking it up some way, yep. all of a sudden, then they're going to have a bad day because of you, not because of anything else. 100%. External. And that's a problem. And we, we, try, we try to talk about that a lot, right? I mean, from a, from a disciplinary standpoint, if you will, right? I mean, before it gets to... I mean, because there are some people who just blatantly do 
dumb things, right? They're employees. They just that's just that part happens. of the game. That happens. But a lot of times we try look, to look at them you back at the uh, grandma's uh, <laughs> grandma. Yeah, what was the exactly. name of the grandma's bakery shop? Exactly. She gave yeah. me all of the you know all the tools. <laughs> you were just sitting there looking for the girls. I was yeah, just yeah. like not yeah. I was just doing whatever I wanted to do. But we try to have that conversation like okay. So this went wrong. Like, what are the tools that you need to do this? And, and how do I provide those to you? And that's important, right? But the, and, and, and we often strategize about, like, how does, that, how, how does that conversation keep going when you have 50, 100, 150 locations? Yeah. Right? I mean, they're franchises at that point, but, but they're still, I mean, they represent us. They're still our brand. They're still... They're still Millies, and the idea is to have people not know which is our, the corporate Millies, which is the franchise Millies. If, we, if, that, if people don't know, then that's then we've done our job. Yeah. That's hard work. It's hard work. Well, we've gotten there so far. So far. We've got, we've got a ways to go. We've got a lot to learn, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased with where, we've, with where we've been, what we've gone through, and where we're, where we're at you know, as it sits today. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And I think I've taken up enough of your time. Cheers to you with this icy light. Yes, absolutely. Um, And I think Blue Dust is calling. I will see you there.